Welcome to the Middletown Podcast. In this episode, I'm talking to Dr. Alyssa Alcorn. Alyssa presented at the Middletown Conference to a full room. We had to turn people away. So I wanted to have a chat with her about the topic she was talking on, the Leans Project. It's a free program for mainstream primary schools who want to introduce the idea of neurodiversity to their students. So if you couldn't make it to Alyssa's talk, hopefully this will give you a little taster. So Alyssa, thank you so much for, for joining us on the Middletown Podcast. Um, so first off, I guess I would love to know how you define neurodiversity. So I'm usually working with teachers and with primary school children. So mostly I'm thinking about definitions that are going to work for that age group, because this is a really complicated topic and it's like hitting a moving target. But when we're talking to eight to 11 year olds, we're usually saying that neurodiversity is about differences in how we think and feel and learn and communicate because our brains are processing information differently. And we really stress that neurodiversity includes everyone because everyone has a brain. Even if at that age you may think that your little brother doesn't or whatever, you know, everybody does have a brain. Um, so this concept's about all of us. And in that definition, I mentioned information processing. It's doing a lot of heavy lifting there. And this is a term that developmental or cognitive researchers will use to cover lots and lots of different processes. For example, around our understanding and processing and producing different types of language, uh, our memory, your motor planning and knowing where your body is in space. It covers so much stuff that's pretty much most of our experience and most of what we're doing all the time, which is why we really get such amazing you know, variation between people. That's part of our neurodiversity. Great. And how have you brought, what do you do? I suppose a lot of people would be interested to know that. So, so what do you do? And then how have you brought neurodiversity into the work that you do? Oh, that's a tricky question. Because in terms of what I actually do, there's like many piles of paperwork and Word documents and spreadsheets and emails, but nobody really wants to hear about that. Um, so for the past few years, I've been working on a project called LEANS, which stands for Learning About Neurodiversity at School. And this project does pretty much what it says on the box in that it is about trying to teach children and staff in primary schools what neurodiversity is, to introduce that vocabulary and to talk in a really concrete way about how it is affecting our, you know, our daily life experiences in the school community. Um, so I've played a lot of different roles within this project, but you could kind of sum it up by saying that I am coordinating the contributions of all the other people who have shared their, their knowledge and their lived experience with us, shared their artwork, um, and have put that all together, turned it from loads of separate bits into this package, this comprehensive curriculum that primary schools can use to teach about neurodiversity. Because right now there's kind of a black hole in terms of age-appropriate content to talk about neurodiversity as a big idea rather than talking about little pieces of that concept that we might know as autism or dyslexia or Tourette's or other kind of neurodevelopmental diagnoses. So Lean's focuses on the, the neurodivergent and the neurotypical children in the classroom. Yes, that's exactly right. And we think that's really important because you know what neurotypical means is that you are typical for the group you are in or the population. You are 
in the majority, um, most people will have a, a profile or information processing similar to you. So that means that when we look at the classroom, we might have, say, statistically about five or six neurodivergent kids, and the rest are most likely to be neurotypical. So when we're thinking about changing people's knowledge and skills in the classroom and asking them to change their actions, it's really important that everybody buys into that. You know, we don't want, this topic isn't just about a small minority. It's about everybody. Everyone has a stake, um, just like everyone has a stake in their school community. So we actually think it's really important that it's got something for everyone. And all the way through making the different types of resources, we really did try to get something for everyone. Things that are focused more on language or more on visual arts, things that are more serious, things that are funnier, um, places where kids can show their creativity. So in lots of different ways, we tried to put in something for everyone. And what is the, the structure of Leans then in terms of if it was, if it was implemented in a classroom, how would it work? Um, so I think I've said that Leans is a resource pack. And what that actually means is that it is a, a, a program or a curriculum that's meant to be delivered in full and in a certain order. It has different units of content and they each build on each other. I'm sure it will absolutely shock everyone to know that unit one introduces neurodiversity terminology <laughs> and those ideas for the first time so we can use them as tools through all the other units. Um, there's seven units in total. Following the neurodiversity introduction unit, there is one we call learning and thinking differently, which is about different types of situations at school. Um, one about communication and miscommunication needs and wants, which starts to get into more about uh, classroom supports and who might be accessing them or not and why. And then there's a unit on fairness, which if you've met any eight-year-olds recently is a topic of absolutely paramount importance is what seems to be fair or not and who's coming out ahead. And um, so this is, there's a lot of time invested in that unit um, trying to introduce an equity-based idea of fairness that it can be fair for people to be treated differently at school or to access different supports or appear to be following different rules. And there's a unit about relationships. The last unit is a reflective oriented unit that really tries to increase the long-term impact of having studied this content by asking children and teachers to connect it, for example, to a class charter or class rules that they may already have. Maybe decide that they wanna make changes to those based on what they've discussed. And also thinking about changes that people might wanna make in the future. That could be about how you treat other people, but also to do with, say, speaking up for your own access needs. So all of that together is LEANS. And this is supported by a big teacher handbook, like a, a big doorstop type teacher handbook um, that starts by introducing what neurodiversity is for teachers. We know lots of people won't have taught this before. That is totally fine. Um, the handbook has everything you need to get started and then actually gives um, the lesson plan type stuff, the step-by-step -step stuff through all those seven units. So all of this is downloadable online. It is completely free. Uh, there's no catch. There's no like freemium model. All you have to do is, is download it and the whole thing is yours. Amazing. And I, I think it is so useful to have that handbook because I think there can be quite a lot of fear that, that 
you know, if teachers are going to say the wrong thing or they're not going to include everyone in the way that they want to. So I think to, to know that that guidance is there is so, so helpful. Um, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned saying the wrong thing, actually, because I, I totally agree that that's a big concern. And when we made Leans, we worked with a neurodiverse group of experienced educators, some of whom have introduced neurodiversity topics in their own classrooms. Others have just spent a lot of time thinking and or campaigning on this topic. Um, So you're getting the benefit of all of their advice in the teacher handbook um, in terms of trying to introduce this topic in a way that's safe for participating children and staff and age appropriate. But even in addition to that, something that I I always tell people is your attitude as a staff member in the classroom is possibly even more important than any of the content you actually share. The fact that you've decided to set aside time to do this and are hopefully showing a positive attitude that says this is important. It's okay to talk about it. Um, I think we should talk about it together you know, that is that is really, really essential. And children will learn from what you do that this matters. And have you had feedback from, from students and, and teachers involved? Um, yeah, we've had a couple of different types of feedback. Uh, we went to school in fall 2021 uh, and did an evaluation study of kind of the, uh, the alpha version of the resources. And we got a lot of practical feedback there that helped us trim down a lot of repetition in the materials and the handbook. Um, kids were very, very honest that they liked the stories. Um, Leans has a story component about a, a fictional neurodiverse class. It lets us be really specific about different types of experiences. And kids like the stories, but they wrote over and over on their feedback that they were too long. You know, it was lots of sitting, it was lots of listening. I liked this character, but the stories were long. So, you know, they, they were telling it like it is. So we went back after the study and cut quite a bit out of the story. Uh, all the favorite characters remained, but we, we slimmed it down a lot more, um, which, was, which was really beneficial feedback. Um, since we released Leans in June 2022, we have had other bits and pieces of feedback from classes that have already been delivering it. It's been amazing to hear people in in Ireland, in Scotland, in England, um, who are really, really keen on it and have said that their classes have enjoyed it. So we may be collecting more data in the future, but nothing's confirmed yet. Right. Do you have a way of knowing who's using it and when it's being used? No, we are tracking downloads, like unique downloads. Um, And as the latest check of the numbers a few days ago was we had 4,300 downloads from 63 countries, which is pretty amazing for something I mostly made in my living room during lockdown. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we, we are not tracking in detail what people are doing with it. And that's partly because we wanted to remove as many mer- many barriers as possible to accessing it. And also just thinking about long-term sustainability. We knew that there wouldn't be anyone paid forever to keep doing this. And so it was really the simplest model that you don't have to register interest and wait for a password or wait for us to approve that your school can have it that anyone can download and it's up to you to have a look at it and and make a decision if that tool seems like a good tool for you. So it's it's freely available for people to use, which is extraordinary and so very rare. Who is it aimed at? Who is it targeted for? Good question. Um, 
So there's a summary of all of this information on the Lean's website and in the teacher handbook itself. But for everybody tuned in now, um, the main age group is eight to 11 years in mainstream primary schools. So, you know, coming up to the secondary transition, kids are reading more independently. We're at that age where peer relationships are super important. That's the age group that Leans is for. Um, and Leans is for the entire class to do together with their teacher um, or potentially another staff member working with their teacher. Like I know that in, in different uh, education systems, there's often someone in a specialist role who focuses on inclusion or additional support needs. Um, and we've had, we, we've heard quite a bit of interest of sometimes schools doing co-delivery between a more specialized staff member and a teacher. Um, so I think if, if people are trying to size up if Leans is a good choice for them, in the teacher handbook is something we call the self-evaluation tool, which is a series of yes and no questions that asks about the characteristics of your school um, and of your classroom specifically. For example, one of the questions about is about bullying and if there's a persistent pattern of bullying. And Leans is not an anti-bullying tool. There are specialized tools that do target those problems. Leans is not one of them, but it does say, you know, if if you know that this is ongoing in your classroom, this probably won't be a good choice because it's drawing attention to differences. And if you have people who are already on the receiving end of negative attention because of their differences, this is handing ammunition to bullies. And it's not a good choice now, though it might be a future goal. So if anyone's interested, I'd encourage you to sit down with the self-evaluation. Um, it's not too scary. I think there's maybe 17 questions about that um, that just ask you to reflect on your school circumstances. At the end of the self-evaluation, we also give some information about how to interpret your answers. We don't think everyone will say yes to everything. Um, so it, it tries to tell you um, how you might want to go forward from there. Great. And then for people who maybe aren't in a position to, to use Leans at the moment or they're in secondary school so it wouldn't match their student profile, are there other kind of practical steps that you think they might be able to take? Um, yes, there are. This is a place where I wish I had more to share, but there is kind of a vacuum of, of age-appropriate resources across a lot of different age groups. So some of the suggestions that I would give here are that you can assemble your own resources to a certain extent by looking for neurodivergent creators. There are so many neurodivergent authors and filmmakers and people making podcasts and theater and so many different things, um, including stuff that's aimed at different age groups of children and young people. So I would encourage you to go look for those voices and don't just find one thing, but find a selection of things. You know, there's, there's a number of I guess we could say young adult kind of age books written by autistic authors. And I think if you were to read five of them, you would find some important commonalities, but some big differences in viewpoint and lived experience. And that is part of the point, is those differences. So I'd say go and, and look for neurodivergent created content, but also consider something like inviting a neurodivergent speaker or performer to come to your class or your school. Um, there's also a number of charities that have made what I think of as talking heads type videos with children and young people talking about specific diagnoses such as you know dyslexia or autism, but there's a lot of them out there. And that can be really, really powerful to hear directly 
from a young person you can see talking about their own school experience. And again, you don't just want to watch one video, but you want to hear, you know, multiple voices and you do want to try to have conversations around that, pulling out similarities as well as differences and trying to help pupils, whatever their age, fit that information into their other learning. So there is other stuff out there, but you do need to be a bit creative in terms of pulling together some things to meet your goals. And I love, I love the fact that you're encouraging people to listen to that range of voices. And there was such a, a range of voices in, in, involved in how you created Leans as well. So it's, it's brilliant that you're sort of bringing that community into it. I think it's so important. And would you have any sort of general advice for people who are interested in neurodiversity and wondering how they can bring it into their curriculum? Yes, I do. And this is advice that definitely not everyone loves, um, which is that this is a long distance race. Obviously, not every school or classroom or staff member is starting in the same place right now. But even for a school that may be doing quite a lot of work around inclusion and rights, um, this may still be a long distance race in order to decide what is the best tool or strategy for your age group, your class, your school, and then also to be getting staff members on board. And at least in, in terms of leans that I've talked about so much, um, I think it's a common point of confusion that the whole school has to jump in together. And that's not true. If you've got leadership that supports giving it a try, and even one teacher who wants to give it a try, that's fine. That is a great place to start, because that means that I hope that other staff members would see that while it is an investment to prepare it and deliver it, that it connects in really important ways with goals that the school has about inclusion and about pupil well-being um, and parts of their curriculum like citizenship um, or mental health. So it, it really is a long distance race. And I think this can be hardest to hear for people who are most acutely aware of the needs for young people right now and also for neurodivergent staff. Um, but, you know, I, th I think this is a place where pausing to plan can really pay dividends further down the line and trying to make sure that you're, you're choosing the strongest strategy for where you are now. Brilliant. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kat. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you want to know more about Middletown, you can find us on Twitter at Autism Centre or on Facebook or Instagram at Middletown Centre for Autism. <laughs>